your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, you don't even know what I'm talking about yet, but I'm going to tell you how to get in here. 608-785-7914, the talk and text line. You can call me. Best time to call me would be like right now or way at the end of the show. Because in between that, I'm going to talk to two city council members. One is Doug Happel, who's also on the Police and Fire Commission. He might be the head of that. I think if there is a head of it, I'll ask him. Not sure. I kind of forgot. And another city council member, Jessica Olson, will join me after that. The idea here is to have a conversation about the plan, the, the capital improvement budget. I think that's what we're calling it. The COP. CIP and uh, the idea of building a police fire building, building a police fire building. <laughs> Why do they call them buildings when they're already built? Well, we're going to be building this one and $36 million is kind of the number being thrown out there to build this thing. And should we be planning to spend $36 million on a police fire building right now? Do we need to do that? Should we even be thinking about that? There's a pandemic. We're defunding the police, <laughs> but we're gonna, but not in lacrosse. We're gonna, fun, we're be funding the police. I don't know. So we'll talk to Doug about that at five fifteen. We'll talk to Jessica Olson more on that at about after Scott's comment. The news at the bottom half of the hour. Um, I will say today that uh, the charges have been made for anyone that really, really needed to. See Mayor Tim Cabot's wife charged. We need to see her behind bars. She should be charged. Where's the charges? I mean, if you look at social media once in a while, there's always somebody on there. Where are the mayor's wife? Where's the charges? Why hasn't she been charged? Why isn't she behind bars? It's like, just chill out. Like, who? Oh. So, but there are now charges. Uh, Lacrosse County District Attorney Tim Grinke is not overseeing those charges because of a conflict of interest, right? Like he's the Lacrosse County District Attorney, the mayor's wife. So that is going to be prosecuted by the Vernon County District Attorney, I believe. And Mayor Tim Cabot's wife, Christina, is going to be scheduled for a July 21st court appearance in Lacrosse County Circuit Court. Judge Elliot, Elliot Levine overseeing that. Uh, I think it's a Class B misdemeanor, and uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. I guess we got till July twenty first to to you know be outraged on social media about it. I think she was signature bonded. She she didn't have to. Just no mug shot of her or anything like that. That's none of that has happened at this point. Um, the maximum penalty, which never ever happens, right? Like, is Levine going to throw the book at her? We're going to make an example of the mayor's wife. And uh, is $1,000, 90 days in jail or both. And if you don't know what the mayor's wife did, she got pepper sprayed May 30th at a protest. <laughs> Wait, what? She got pepper sprayed? So she's getting charged because she got pepper sprayed. But, you know, obviously there was a reason. It wasn't like she just got pepper sprayed out of nowhere. Uh, there was a there was the incident leading up to that. She, uh, you know, if you want to break it down, I think there was a protest happening. So there were some protesters in the streets. And just reading the police report, 
Uh, one car like stopped to to avoid a protester. Another car in or another minivan kind of stopped to avoid that car. I believe it's it's hard to see in the video, so you just kind of got to go by what the people had told the police. And the uh, the next vehicle stopped, and a woman kind of jumped out, flipped the van driver off, pounded on the hood. Uh, this is from the the driver's account. The driver got out of his car, kind of approached the woman. The woman went to the passenger side of the van door, tried to uh, open the passenger door, but it was quickly closed. So nothing, you know, just the, why would you open the door anyway? A uh, woman got back to the front of the car, yelling at the driver. Then she was warned she would be pepper sprayed several times, apparently. Van driver got back in his van, pulled up to the red light at the Lacrosse Main Street. Is it no Lacrosse Street? Fourth Street intersection. Woman got up to the van again, pounded on the hood again, came to the driver's window, yelled at the driver, and that's when the driver sprayed Christina Cabot in the face with pepper spray or something, and uh, that caused her to reach into. So there's two ways you can go about this. If you're getting pepper sprayed, right? Like you just run away. Like I'm getting pepper sprayed. Ah, but apparently, from from what the driver told the police. That caused her to sort of reach in and try to stop him from pepper spraying her. So grab his arm. So he, she scratched his arms. And, uh, you know, so that's where this kind of comes in. Oh, okay. Because, you know, if you, if, you, if you read the outrage on social media about this or, you know, sometimes people call in, she scratched him, so he pepper sprayed her. Well, by reading the, the police report, it looks like he pepper sprayed her, which caused her to reach into the van. So should she have been yelling in the van? No, she even said that. I think when she told the police, she was like, yeah, I probably got, you know, a little out of control. Shouldn't have did that. But also the van driver shouldn't be apparently running over people. Not that the van driver did run over people, but that's just kind of what she told police. Van driver shouldn't be going so fast when there's pedestrians in the road, right? Hard to say if that van driver was doing that. The video's so far away. I don't know. But she gets charged being pepper sprayed is kind of how that ends up happening uh i feel like if i was a part of that like if i pepper sprayed somebody to that point i like we're good i pepper you yelled at me you hit my hood i don't think there was any damage to the hood like you slapped the hood and then you yelled at me in my driver's window and i told you you were gonna get pepper sprayed you didn't back off and then i pepper sprayed you even steven like now, we, but now there's been charges. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, we'll go. We'll, we'll go to uh, Brad Williams in the news now. And if I, if we, we can come back to the Christina Cabot thing tomorrow, maybe, or towards the end of the show. But right now, I want to talk to Doug Happel, city council member and police and fire commission member or head. I'll ask him and and ask him about this police fire. I like to call it a command center, right? Like commanders are going to be there. The police commander, the fire commander, uh, but whatever, a $36 million building that that's kind of in the, in the works, in the, in the plans going ahead in the capital improvement budget, which is a five-year deal. So we'll talk about that with Doug Happel coming up and Jessica Olson also on the city council at the bottom half of the hour. We'll be back on wisdom after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 
608-785-7914 if you want to text. Like, I'm just taking texts right now. We got Doug Happel of the Lacrosse City Council on the air. Doug, uh, how, how is the carpet uh, installation going? Well, if, you, if you hear pounding in the background, you know that's what's still going on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Doug, I, I, are you the like head of the Police and Fire Commission, or is there a head, or are you just on it? Well, I'm, I'm on it at the at the moment, I'm vice chair. Vice chair. Okay. I just I, I earlier in the show I was saying I, I wasn't quite sure, but um, so I just wanted to get that out there. You're all you're. Yeah, we've the, we've had a couple of changes, uh, the health of one of the members, and so forth. So okay. Well, we we won't. Well, hopefully they're okay. Uh, but again, Doug Happel, city council member, police and fire commission, vice chair, on the air with us. So Doug, I you know a little pregame. We talked about this uh, capital improvement budget. I'm going to interrupt you. We shouldn't confuse the Police and Fire Commission with the City Council. The Commission's job is to hire, fire, and promote, uh, essentially help supervise the police and fire departments, keep track of their training, all that sort of thing. But it's the City Council that makes the decisions on, on, on the budget. Oh, definitely. And you guys have, the City Council has a meeting tomorrow night. Uh, yes. You, you will be voting on the five-year capital improvement budget? That's on the agenda, yes. That's on the agenda. So can it, would there ever be a, a place where, you know, we're going to vote for it, or you know what, we, we should put off voting for this for another month or something like that? Could that happen tomorrow? Anybody can make an amendment. I, I would be surprised because uh, when you're dealing with uh, these funds, you, you get in with the capital budget itself is a, essentially a borrowing mechanism. It's like if you're taking a mortgage on your house, if you will, and you have to uh, – move when you can get the very best possible interest rates. Okay. Um, so so the, so part of this capital improvement budget is the, a, a police fire, I, I like to call it a command center. We need a cool name for this, Doug. I don't know if you want to bring that up tomorrow at the meeting. But, uh, well, I'll tell you what name it's supposed to be. Okay, yes, perfect. Because this, this came out of, this came out of, there was a task force that myself and Council Member Jessica Olson, some citizen members, the police and fire chiefs were on back uh, in some all oh, back in 2017, which had quite a few meetings, I might say public meetings, and uh, ultimately made a recommendation to the city council that was approved in February of 2018. And we were dealing with the, uh, initially, our fire stations, of which we have four, and they're all very old. I think Lewis is 50, 55 years old. And... Uh, as part of those conversations, there was also a recognition that our police department facilities are very old. They're in City Hall, which is 1970, I think, wasn't it, Rick? So that would be 50 years old. Both of these facilities uh, uh, have one of the most basic problems people can understand. Probably 50, 55 years ago, essentially all of your firefighters and police officers were probably male or nearly all. Now we're having more and more... Uh, uh, females bringing uh, credit to the community by serving in these departments, but we don't really have the locker room facilities. Yeah, yeah. If you, you now, just look at the age just, of the building, it's a simple thing like that right. <laughs> that you have to deal with. But anyway, I'm I'm taking too long to answer your question. Oh, but, uh, that's okay. The the task force recommended renovations to the fire stations. One of the things that was recommended was what was called a public safety or public enforcement center, basically public safety center. If possible, at the site where fire station number one is presently located, which is, as you know, down not too far from the Turbo. Yeah, Market and, and, Market and Fifth it, Street, right? Yes, yes. And uh, 
the capital improvement budget, which is a lot of money in there, but uh, with respect to what I prefer to call a public safety center, so, somehow in the uh, planning commission process, they got, got to call a law enforcement center, and uh, it's supposed to be a combination fire, police, and actually inspection department, uh, but has about a million dollars, a little more than that, for a land purchase, uh, which would be the first step that would be in there, which is tech a million dollars a lot of money but but it's a small portion of the total capital improvement budget the capital improvement budget is is always a five year budget, but the only thing you're really uh if you would uh, writing a check for is the first year, and then it has to keep coming up for approvals again and again and again, and it usually changes as you, as you work your way through i I think they're showing. Twenty-five million for uh, the law enforcement, public safety center, whatever you want to call it. I believe, and I'm not looking at it right now, Rick. I think it's 2023, maybe. Okay. But uh, uh, any any approval tomorrow does not lock that in. The only thing that would be locked in tomorrow, should it be approved, is a million dollars for essentially site acquisition. Would you be buying that old gas station that closed right there? I can't think of what side of the street. I, you know, that might be Fourth Street. It, the city council sets policy. That would, that would be that would essentially be uh, an administration determination that they would ultimately come back. But exactly what they're going to purchase, uh, it would probably come through the fire department administration and so forth. It's possible that's what it could be, but you can't lock yourself in. Yeah, I have to figure out who the wheeler and dealer is for the city when they're buying land because they got to you, you got to lowball them to start. We got a million. Yeah. Now everyone knows you got a million. You got to say, eh, we don't know if we have a million. Yeah. Well, that's one of your one of your advantages of uh, open meetings. That people have every right to know what we're putting out there. Sure. Um, all right, Doug Happel, City Council Member, uh, on with us. So, um, is, you, are you getting a lot of feedback from the public on 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 whether we should or shouldn't be even talking about this? We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're there, not. There been, well, it's, there have been there have been a fair number of emails coming in. I will say this: that uh, my constituents out here, I've not had a single one express a concern. Uh, about the million dollars or so for land acquisition. We are getting uh, some emails from people. Some live in La Crosse, some don't. Uh, and uh, some of the references are about the pandemic and so forth. And, and that's a good topic to, to reference because the capital improvement budget, again, as I said, it's kind of like a mortgage. And we could wipe out the whole capital improvement budget and we could not necessarily, we couldn't all automatically move that money over, and I don't even know what we'd move it over for, because the city does not really run a welfare program. The city has already waived some license fees. We've put a delay on property tax payments. Uh, we've put some money out there for local businesses and so forth. But the city is not, it shouldn't be confused with the state and federal government. We really don't have a lot of capability to pump money uh, in, into individuals, but even if we did, that would have to come out of the operating budget. You, you can't, you can't automatically move uh, a capital thing, which is uh, capital money is for stuff that's going to last 10, 20, 50, or more years. You're operating is stuff that's happening right now. Yeah, there's kind of two different entities here. There's one that's a five-year plan, and then you kind of approve that. Well, well year like year. I said, and I referenced uh, speaking with you earlier. Uh, you, you probably, as most people, have a mortgage on on their home or or a long term loan on their car. Uh, 
probably don't take a mortgage or a long-term loan on groceries. Well, I do, but other people. Well, probably. you probably eat a lot. <laughs> Whoa! Look out! No, I'm a poor radio host. I don't make any money. I take more. That's where I was going, Doug. But anyway, but but some sometimes people, uh, very well-meaning people, are kind of missing the target here. Sure. You know? I'm, and I'm probably one of them. Does not really should not be confused with the operating other than the debt service that uh, we have, which then ultimately is paid for through the, the city taxes and the borrowing and so forth and takes us back again. The better interest rates you can get, the lower uh, our finance people can keep the uh, capital improvement. Sure. And at this point, you know, spending a, a million dollars to acquire some land is, is a pretty easy thing to do for the, for the city council tomorrow because you just have land. Like, you can do whatever you want with that land. Is that kind of, is that your thought process? Well, there? I suppose on the one hand you could. On the other hand, once again, being a public body, open meetings, uh, if, if we commit it to something, let's say a public safety center, I, I think we've kind of made that obligation, and, and we would certainly be disingenuous to try to switch it somewhere else. Sure. All right. Yeah. And I guess, you know, there's the, the, the other idea here, aside from a pandemic, we're just not spending money. We're trying not to spend money in the city, right? Like we're cutting budgets here and there and, and everywhere. Well, we cut, we've made, we made some reductions. Uh, the council gave uh, direction to the mayor and the department heads. My goodness, it was a good three months ago now. And, and, and they made some reductions and we're, we're, we're essentially functioning. We had lost some revenue. We lost revenue when the lacrosse center uh, was had to be closed down as far as all the conventions they would have, and those brought a lot of money. And we lost revenue when uh, the rooms and the hotels closed down, so that we didn't we didn't get the room tax. Uh, so far, we haven't been hit too badly by the state, but the state makes most of its money, as we know, uh, from property taxes and sales tax revenue. Sure. And property taxes again have been delayed. And certainly with the businesses having been closed, although most are open now, but with those having been closed, the state has not been taking in sales tax revenue. So we don't know for 2021 operating budget. Uh, we were, we're really not quite sure how much money we're going to be getting in from the state. So it's very possible the operating budget itself might have to take some hits for next year. We have, we have our first meeting uh, uh, what's called the Budget Parameter Committee on July 21st, and this is obviously City Council, and what we usually do is give direction, and I'm sure we will again, but give some direction, parameters, if you will, to the mayor, and say, you come back with something within this box, <laughs> you know, with recommendations, what to do, and the actual operating budget itself probably doesn't get approved till November. Okay. On the on the flip side, though, Doug, just the, that the the idea of spending, you know, I think you said twenty five, or I I read other places thirty six million for this law fire, uh, you know, building. Um, the other the other thing going on right now are all these protests. The idea that we want to defund the police. So, um, a lot of people are like, why we shouldn't be spending spending any money on the police? We shouldn't even be planning about that. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and we're talking about different ways of of policing. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I would disagree. Uh, pandemic or not, you're, you're still going to have crime. You're still going to need public safety uh, because of an absolutely ridiculous, terrible incident that happened up in Minneapolis uh, with uh, obviously a very bad officer in what is probably a pretty weak department. 
is no reason that we should hit a hit away at the La Crosse Police Department. As as, as you know, my entire history was was a, in, a, in a teaching and school administration, mostly in La Crosse. I mean, would we really, if we had some teacher in some faraway state cause some problem, would we would we strip down a La Crosse school district? Yeah, probably I, not. Right. You know? Uh, so, I mean, so you, you got you got to keep your keep your focus on what's going on. Uh, you know, at their last meeting, there was some discussion. How the capital improvement comes in here with streets? I mean, before all of this, what did we hear about in La Crosse constantly? Fix the roads. Streets. Fix <laughs> fix the streets. It wasn't police. It wasn't fire. It wasn't a pandemic. It was the streets. Uh, you know what? We're always going to have streets, but we may, we may have to slow down the streets a little bit. But I think people would be really upset. If we didn't have streets. Last question for you, Doug Happel. He's on the Police and Fire Commission, joining us right now. Is Sean Kudron really mad at you for hiring him as a as the uh, you know the the new head of the police department, being that he he takes over to defund <laughs> I, the police? I, I, in the I, I wouldn't of the blame him one little bit here, <laughs> given what he's had to walk into. <laughs> he does. He. I feel like if he walks by, he just kind of gives you a scowl. That's that, that, that's 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 one of the advantages I think sometimes of being uh, on a council or commission. We can always say we set policy, but you you got to you you got to deal with the day to day stuff. Which which by the way, he's doing an excellent job. Yeah. All right, Doug. Thanks a lot for joining me. Okay, Rick. All right, get back to them carpets. There you go. Yeah, bye. <laughs> uh, Doug Happel, city council member. The city council votes tomorrow on a capital improvement budget, and we're going to keep talking about that after Scott's comment. In the news coming up. We'll be back after this. I was. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. I did get a couple of texts, uh, one about Christina Cabot, what I was talking about earlier in the show, um, a couple other ones uh, in dealing with what we were just talking about with Doug Happel of the Lacrosse City Council. But now we're bringing on Jessica Olson, also of the Lacrosse City Council. And I, I feel like this is almost like a pros and cons. Uh, I, I should have brought you both on, Jessica, just to argue with each other uh, over the, <laughs> over this uh you know, police fire command center, I like to call it. I think Doug called it a, he liked to call it a public safety center. But, um, yeah, can you just, you you want to give your thoughts on, on what you guys are doing tomorrow? Oh, sure, Rick. Well, thank you for having me on this afternoon. And, um, yeah, actually, Doug Happel was completely right. When we were studying this in committee uh, two years ago, it was referred to as a public safety center. And uh, neither Doug nor myself knows who or at what point it was changed into a law enforcement center. It, it did not appear that way until the capital improvement budget draft was released in May. And so uh, it was always my understanding that this was foremost a fire station that was also going to double serve as uh, needed space and, and updated facilities for the police department. And to be honest, in that committee, we did not do a deep dive. We did not solicit public input at that point because this was just the very beginning conceptual stage. And I think for us to jump into setting it in ink in our budget for within the next five years is premature, given we have not done our homework of going out to the public to present this idea and to ask for feedback and input because this will really change the landscape of Fifth and Market, and it's just... It's, it's premature, and it's, it's almost even a little bit condescending to come into a neighborhood and say, yes, what we're doing is going to benefit you. It's going to be good for you. You need it. We know better than you what you should want here in this, in this neighborhood. So I, I would like us to slow down, take it off the budget, 
and really go back to square one and reach out to the neighborhood associations, reach out to community groups, to the residents, and just present them the idea and ask them, what do you think? Yeah, because the, the like you said, this plan kind of evolved somehow, maybe mysteriously from a new fire station, which apparently is in a big need because you know, of all the things, they only have male locker rooms in there. Uh, I went from a new fire station to kind of a, a, like a police fire combo. And, you know, like, uh, well, well, we need to start over then if that's going to, if the plans are going to change that drastically. Yeah. And the thing is right now we don't have a combined police and fire station anywhere in town to point to, to say, yeah, that's what this combination looks like. I don't blame the public. They, They spoke loud and clear last week that they, really don't understand what the purpose is, what the need is, and what the effect is going to be long-term. And so <clears throat> when there's that much public doubt about a project, I don't see it as having hope of having public support to the tune of $36 million anywhere within the near future. I think logistically to put together that scale of a facility in just a short three, four years is also unrealistic. So I think by having that item in the CIP right now, I think all we're doing is really festering a lot of that that uncertainty um, that we just need to get off the table so we can back up and, and really do it right. A uh, libertarian guy texted in just a little while ago. He, he wondered, he and, and I don't know if this is true, you were a supporter of the Lacrosse Center expansion at, uh, is it $42 million? Uh, a couple, uh, you know, however, was it a year ago, two years ago? And now you, you're you're essentially not a, a supporter of this new $36 million fire police center, but uh, can, can you describe the difference there? Yes, because it's not, it's not that I want to see this fire police safety center permanently go away to save money. I have looked at the fire stations. I've gone for a tour of the police station. There are definite needs because of obsolescence and age of these facilities, uh, the lack of accommodations for female firefighters, female police officers, that when these buildings were designed um, in their you know, original uh, lifespan, they, there was no anticipation that there would be females in these departments. So there's things that we just can't put off that eventually we have got to build new facilities for. Um, and so I see it more as an infrastructure rather than an economic uh, stimulus type of project. And it's just something we can't put off. We always need a fire department. We're always going to need a police department. But in the age where everybody is feeling so uncertain and distrustful of our police force, and that's something that is nationwide, it's just not the right climate to say, hey, we're going to put this in the budget and it's going to be good for everybody. We We need to just back off and slow down and have real conversations. We need to build relationships of trust between our, our police force, our fire force, and, and the members of the community and, and have honest conversations about what does everybody expect from each other. And I think unless we have that, we're, we should not be putting this back in the budget. It could be that this is just not the right thing for this neighborhood, or we need to scale it back, or we need to find an alternate location. And I, I guess I, it's so premature right now that I don't want to get off to a bad start. I, I've spoken to many people, and they said, you know what, after I listen to you explain it, I understand the needs, but I just wish that I could have input in this. And so I think we have to honor that because, you know, we're supposed to represent the people. It's the people's money that we're spending. And I have learned a lot since the lacrosse center, and I, I want to be a better public servant for it. 
Um, you, you've proposed a couple of different amendments. I, I think uh, I, I'm trying to read some of these. The, the, a lot, the, fir- the first one's easier. The second two are look like they're, they're a little bit more expansive. But the, the first one kind of deals with what we're talking about, the law enforcement center, the police-fire combo. Um, do you know, can, you, can you describe those off the top of your head? Or is this yeah. essentially what yeah. you're gonna, the, the council will vote on tomorrow or maybe add this to? Sure. I have three amendments. The first is, as you said, I'm taking the, the law enforcement center construction costs off the table. I'm leaving $1 million for property acquisition because I believe that that does not commit us to developing it. It just opens up the option to. The second amendment that I'm proposing is going to uh, put a halt to the City Hall lobby renovations that I think would alter permanently the public access to City Hall and it would um, instead fund uh, the main branch library, some of the capital needs. It would also go to Myrick Park, Wagon Park, as well as Riverside Park to help update restroom facilities and public facilities and playground. Um, and then the third amendment that I'm putting forward, um, it, it will. It, it's probably too complicated to explain the sources, but there's going to be no additional impact to the general obligation borrowing. It's just simply shifting things around using excess TID 11 funds in order to see the uh, necessary improvements at South Branch Library come to fruition in the year 2021. So that facility is taken care of with modern accessible bathrooms and meeting rooms and proper electrical um, so that it's a welcoming facility as soon as we get over this COVID and try to work our way back to normality. At this point, are we are we still in the in the lane where we have money on the table for fire buildings, new fire buildings or upgrades? And then on the there's another whole lane here for the police fire combo center. Is that where we're at? Well, the police fire, this combo center or this uh, combined facility, however you want to call it, it doesn't really have a name yet. um, That that has its own line item in the budget. It's number eight. Um, there are other needs at other stations uh, related to the age and obsolescence of the facility that other funds are being allocated for that, they, you know, they're just necessary repairs. Um, and, and so we're going to move forward with those other items. Um, some of them deal with helping to accommodate female firefighters. In the meantime, um, the fire station four, the mayor's put forward an amendment to, to, uh, re, uh, to put funds to make sure we have a new, new station up there. Uh, by the end of next year. And so we're moving forward on other necessary items separate from this, you know, combined fire and police facility. Okay. I keep saying that we should just uh, add to the lacrosse center. We could put all these things in one big building. We could put them all in the lacrosse center. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, I am not an expert on fire or police uh, station construction design, so I have no authority to speak on that, Rick. Yeah, I told Gilliam that a couple of times, and he said the lacrosse center just isn't in a great location. That's That was his argument against it. Uh, but I said, yeah, you got direct access to the river. You guys, if there was a river rescue, you'd just jump right in the river right there. We just need to put some docks out there. I, I will not argue with that, but they might have trouble getting the fire trucks in and out. <laughs> yeah, and I guess there are docks on the on the works here at some point uh, down the road. Um, uh, yes, uh, actually the Riverside uh, levy is actually part of one of my amendments, and that was where I got a little bit clever and shifted TIF money around in order to free up some of the general obligation bond money to move towards the South Branch Library because general obligation bonds are not restricted to be spent in TIF districts. Um, so it just only made sense to take TIF money and spend it within the TIF district rather than general obligation bond money. 
Are you getting a lot of feedback from, uh, you know, the, the area? I don't know what area you represent. You would know, but um, are you getting a lot of feedback on, on the this issue or other issues at this point? Um, it, a, a lot. The, 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 the public response to the three amendments I put forward was just mind-boggling how many people came out and said, yeah, this, this aligns with my priorities. We need these parks and libraries to be taken care of. I mean, think about it, Rick. Through this whole pandemic, we've had our social bonds decimated. I mean, we've not had to have the events and the gatherings and all of the things that we we cherish that we gather together. We've had to uh, sacrifice in order to stay separate and, and, you know, protect our health. And so I think people are worried about where where are we going to have those third places that people gather in public? And I also think about this as a social, you know, equity type of deal with the bathrooms. If you have somebody with disabilities or an elderly family member, that limits where you can take them to have a family gathering or a picnic if there isn't modern accessible bathrooms. So um, I've I've tried to put a lot of thought into this. Um, I don't know where my political future is going to go, but, um, you know, these things are important to me. I think they're important to my constituents. and, And just judging by the response, these also seem to be important to the people of lacrosse. So I think I came up with some really winning ideas, and I sure hope the council agrees. Okay, and and do you have any inkling on how any of this is going to go down tomorrow? Uh, I I don't know because I don't line up the votes before the meeting. That's old school <laughs> lacrosse politics. I, I I don't do that. I'm I bumped up against my limit. I can't talk to any more council members, so I have not fallen astray from any kind of uh, you know the the walking quorum rules, I think they're called, um, you know, but, and I'm going to turn anybody away from council that tries to talk to me that I haven't already, because I'm at my limit. Okay. Um, but, you know, I want whatever I put forward to either fail or pass based on its merits. I want everybody to make fully informed decisions and vote with their heart. And there's no hard feelings afterwards. We just pick up and keep going and keep working together after the vote's done. Uh, Jessica Olson, the city council, uh, on the air with us. Jessica, is this like one of the more important votes you guys have during the year? It is. It really does because it sets the whole stage for the next, the following year, and everything we do to invest in the community. And then with that, like tomorrow's meeting, I believe it starts at six. Uh, you guys are doing funky COVID. You know, you can get it on YouTube. Can people still come to the meeting? Can they come at? You know, do they have to like make an appointment to come? You know, express their opinions. Can you just can you talk to me about how how the council meeting works right now? Yes, um, there, there's multiple ways to participate. There is an online link available through the clerk's office. However, the council chambers are open. Um, social distancing is enforced in the chambers, so. Um, there could be a maximum capacity in order to maintain that distancing. Um, and I do believe that masks are either required or requested. I'm not sure what policy that the mayor set as far as wearing masks inside the building, um, but I do know that the distancing is enforced. Um, and it, it, we might come to a point where it will max out and we won't have room for enough people, just judging by the, the response and how many people who have told me that they want to show up in person, which is amazing. And then, you know, if they don't want to show up in person, they're going to they're going to watch this on, I, I believe, a YouTube video. Right. Like it's just going to be live on YouTube. But at that point, if you're just watching live on YouTube, you wouldn't be able to ha- give give any input. Right. You'd have to do that before the meeting starts or maybe maybe like an hour before the meeting starts. Um, I don't know what the cutoff is, but that is true that once the meeting starts, we do do not enter into public hearing during the regular council meeting. 
Um, the public hearing uh, time would have been last week during the finance and personnel meeting. So um, I would definitely encourage the public, no matter how you feel about this issue, to please let the council know. Um, but the best way is to do so through email. Um, you can email council at cityoflacrosse.org. Um, or certainly, you know, uh, give the clerk's office a call if you don't know how to log in and, and watch the meeting live. Um, all of the emails we, we receive are part of the permanent public record, and they get loaded onto Legistar and attached to the budget. So it is part of the permanent record and available for the council to review. Okay, and last question for you. I appreciate appreciate you coming on, but... Uh, so with, with the email, I know you, you can sign up, you can sign these emails. A lot of times they're, they're going to be generic emails. Somebody else writes them for you. You just assign your name at the bottom and send it. And you might end up getting a flood of emails that are all the same. Um, I don't know. Do you talk to other council members about that when you get, and it doesn't have to be just this issue tomorrow, but in general, if there's a big issue, but I don't want, I, I know how I feel about it, but I can't express it in words. Somebody else has expressed it for me and, and made this email for me, and I've signed my name to it and sent it to you. Do you take those into account more or less, or you know how do you, how do you guys you know as a council? I don't know. Do you guys discuss that, and and do you have like a, any advice for for people sending emails like that? Oh, and absolutely. And I've told people this is that personalized messages just mean a lot more to the council than just a, a copy-paste message. Uh, just they, they, they bear so much more weight than other person's words. And i got to tell you, the last 24 hours, um, it's been amazing. People have been speaking their own original voice, and uh, maybe certain parts they've copied uh, you know, and, and pasted into their message, but overwhelmingly I'm seeing the trend come back from, because uh, we were having a, completely copied emails, like verbatim, word for word. And now it seems like they've gone back to organic, you know, originally written messages, which is which is really great because that, that shows civic engagement and how much people really care. So I encourage that to continue. Okay, yeah, I would say if you're going to copy-paste the email, at least change the subject line and then at the top just put maybe a sentence or two on how you feel as an individual and then paste, paste the rest of the email. That sound okay? Yep, or even a paragraph. Hey, I'm going to read through everything everybody sent. I just might need a little bit of time. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jessica, thanks a lot for for joining us today. Thank you, Rick. Bye. That's Jessica Jessica Olson, City Council member. City Council votes tomorrow on a whole bunch of things, but the biggest thing is the capital improvement budget, which, as Jessica said, and and I'm sure Doug agrees, is one of the biggest things they vote on uh, during the the year. All right, we're going to take another quick break and wrap up after this. I was... All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Just going to wrap up here. If you want to get in, you can call me now, 608-785-7914. 608-785-7914. Don't have a ton of time, but there's there's some time. Uh, thanks to Jessica Olson and Doug Happel for, for joining me and, and talking about the city council vote tomorrow, one of the bigger votes. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not on the agenda for next year, a $36 million combined law fire. I like to say command center. Doug called it a public safety center. And he said that at some point it was called like a public enforcement center. But, you know, whatever you want to call it, the uh, we could call it the Death Star. Can we do that? <laughs> uh, but that that's on, the, uh, that's on the, the budget tomorrow. Uh, number three is calling in. We'll just get to him quick before I got to go. Number three, you got a, you got a minute. Okay, Paul Bunyan, I heard somebody talking the other day from the police department or the fire department by 
putting that new command post down there would help that area because the crime rate is high down there in that area? Yeah, okay. That, okay. Okay. Well, before they go do that, I think if they uh, probably well, the neighbors, the people in the high crime rate, the bad people committing the crimes will probably move away from the new fire department, and then we'll have to put another one someplace. Follow me? Yeah, or those people will find out that, that they'll find out that they're building a command police center there, and they'll go to the council meeting tomorrow and say, hey, we don't want it here. We don't want it. We'll, be, we'll move. If you put up that new station, we're going to move down the block. Yeah. All right. I got to I got, I got let you go. Thanks for the call. All right. Just I didn't have a ton of time there. Uh, I'm, I'm told that you you I you you can't speak at the council meeting tomorrow. So if you want to voice your opinion to the council, you're going to have to do so uh, by email. So go just look up city council and and send them an email on your thoughts on what they're doing tomorrow. You could get all that information on this city of the cross website. Uh, you can throw tomatoes, but you can't talk tomorrow. So that's, that's all I got. All right. Thanks a lot for, for everyone for listening and for those city council members for, for joining me. We'll see. We'll see what we talk about tomorrow. I'm trying to think. I thought I had something, but we'll probably talk about this a little bit more. Maybe we'll discuss Christina Cabot some more. And uh, all right. That's all the time I got. Thanks a lot. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye.